And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. Although last week I was laughing when I was listening back to your episode, all you tech nerds laughing about like, was it the SQL joke in it was SQL to corrupt his database? <laughs> and you were all wondering if like to normies, if if that was like going to break anyone's immersion. I would not have batted an eyelid at that line. I would have been like, oh yeah, use the SQL. That's a good idea. <laughs> Somebody break out the SQL. <laughs> For God's sake, does anyone have SQL on them? Somebody polish off the SQL. Just like this is why I said, are you recording? <laughs> That's just like when Kahal did his ice bucket challenge, and uh, I, I recorded it. He did the whole thing. Then when he was done, I went to go press stop on the recording, but then that's when it started recording. Oh, shit. <laughs> so I got him just in time to tell him I hadn't recorded it, and the look on his face, I was like heavily pregnant at the time, and he was not happy. You're so lucky. Oh, my God. It was only the baby that kept me safe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just say something there, Mark, so I can get your sound. Check, check my levels for Mike. Checking my levels. Yeah. How do I sound? Good Sounds evening good. and welcome. Yep. Yeah? Okay. I'm going to stop fiddling. There's self-view. Yeah, I need to see what the shadows do, too. <laughs> my boobs. Go. <laughs> <laughs> good evening and welcome to Is It a Bicycle? The longest running and bestest ever TV movie podcast from Ireland. I'm podcasting with my eyes closed right now because Shona just made a reference to her boobs and I'm afraid that I'll look. <laughs> Welcome, Shona. How are you this evening? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm doing better than I was last week. You can open your eyes. It's okay. So you're recovered. Well, they're still there, I presume. <laughs> so you're, you're recovered anyway. You're yeah, I, I spent uh, last week not feeling very well at all. And I did try to keep up with the Is It a Bicycle banter via WhatsApp, as we normally do throughout the week. Um, but then eventually just felt too sick. And the whole <laughs> I literally spent about at least half of a day um, while I was puking, mulling over the fact that Mike told me that green was a good color on me. And I had every thought going through my head about what I would say, but I was actually just too too busy puking in the toilet to actually text him back. So that's been driving me crazy for a whole week and a half. You got it off your chest. That's how you know you're sick, by the way, when you're too sick to text. <laughs> and joining us due to illness this week is Michael McDonough. Mike, how are you? Mark, you know, it's been such a tough week, you know. Had a few beers, had a nice steak one of the evenings, went for a bit of a bracing sea walk, you know, got some <laughs> sun on my face. It's It's been really tough. Are you tired though, Mark? Mike, <laughs> do you find that like the weight of your misogyny just gets <laughs> exhausting to carry around? Do not think that misogyny is probably the lightest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> because if, if you're worried about not being misogynist, there's a lot more to it. Hmm. Um, well, you can tell us about it, Mark. What's it like? What's it like being awakened to the light? Misogyny. <laughs> this week we'll be reviewing Suicide Squad, and we'll be looking at the new Netflix uh, documentary. I suppose you could call it Last Chance You. Uh, followed by some of the usuals in coming to a bicycle near you. Now, people have probably noticed that I'm not Steve. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite yeah. likely. You're, so we've been missing, <laughs> missing Sean for so long now. You're Sometimes I wonder if he Steve. was ever real. Mm. But Steve has uh, disappeared for a week. He's mm. foolishly hanging out with his family rather than hanging out with us. He's chosen gin and tonic over Is It a Bicycle? Poor decision making. Yeah. I say he gets fired for this and I get promoted. 
<laughs> Just saying. I'm I'm fine with that. We, yeah. he's, we seem to have completely different rules depending on who's in the cast of the show anyway. So yeah. why the hell not? Sorry, Steve, you're out. Yeah. I don't know. Um, has anyone? Do you know what's actually really misogynistic? Mm-hmm. Yes. I know many things, but why don't you tell me, Mark? Why don't you mansplain misogyny to me? The Olympics. <laughs> yeah, the commentary's been terrible. Some of the articles and, oh, jeez. Well, like, ladies boxing, mm. ladies swimming. I mean, why do they need a category of their own? Are they not good enough to be in the men's category? I, are you reopening the can of worms that, that Mike tried to open last week? I'm not sure. Mike has so many cans on the go. <laughs> Yeah, I I thought it was a well-reasoned argument. <laughs> you know, I was actually thinking tonight on my way over here. It's just like, it's it's okay for men and women to be different. Equality doesn't make us the same. <laughs> so I think that it's fair to argue that in terms of physical competitions, it makes sense to separate men and women. That's a remarkably candid admission and... Uh, <laughs> I, for one, I'm delighted at your acceptance of reality. I don't think it's unfeminist. <laughs> it doesn't diminish women. So, yeah. That's good. It's okay, Mike. Yeah. We don't have to fight on that. Yeah, okay. okay. So, if we label the division, it's not sexist. If we label it a division? Is that what you said? Yeah. So, like, because it's ladies swimming, that's not sexist. Well, no, because we also have men swimming. Their category isn't just called swimming. Um, so if we called it like girls ghost busting, would that have been okay? <laughs> wow. Or why don't we have a new category where you've girls on steroids take on men who are clean? <laughs> well, that would be something else. I think that's John Cena's next series right there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorted. Well, I noticed that American Grit hasn't been cancelled. Yeah. I oh. saw John Cena lifting the other week. It was posted on Twitter or something. Uh-huh. Oh, I must follow him. I saw him do a deadlift. No, I saw him do a clean and jerk because I know what that is now. Oh, that's probably from that was probably from uh, American Grit, was it? I don't know. He hashtag not American Grit. I'm not really sure, but anyways, I got to see him lift weight. Then I want somebody else lift weight, and um, I thought that's a lot of weight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he does move heavy things quite efficiently. Jesus Christ! But so. The Olympics, has anyone been watching it? It's kind of TV, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know anybody that's actually tuned in. Well, let's start at the start. Did anyone see the opening ceremonies? No. Nope. I did. Did you? What did I you think? I did. I was slipping in and out of sleep unconsciousness mm. while waiting for it to come on, having drank too much wine. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, that's a good place to start. What did you think of the bits that you saw? Um, I Well, I, I didn't get it. Mike would have probably told me it was too subtle for me, but the whole favela <laughs> dance routine didn't really do much for me to be honest the theme was like uh green like a green team like uh c- conservation or oh really oh that, i guess that makes sense that, brazil's rainforest that, right it's one of those things that people that don't eat meat are into yeah that'd, okay. that'd be enough to just make me turn it off straight away <laughs> never watch every, the Olympics like, ever again. every every team i think had somebody bringing in a plant in front of them or something oh really God. i know yeah. oh i heard about that and they all planted a tree or something each country planted a tree that was all different and unique and then those trees will grow and represent i don't know their those countries forever until yes. they're cut down by some <laughs> first, Log- first logging corporation yeah. <laughs> that's to have paper yo <laughs> um, i saw so a few minutes of the opening ceremony i saw some women dancing 
I wasn't really watching it. It was I had family arriving that night, so it was kind of on in the background. I wanted to watch it, but then we also got to drinking and chatting, and then it's you know, president. It's too late then. Yeah, it's just too late. <laughs> but well, I was um, frantically trying to find a way to watch it for a long time because the company I was in wanted to see it more than I did. Right. And I don't have like terrestrial TV channels in my house. Mm-hmm. I don't have an area connected to my TV. Mm-hmm. It's like Netflix or. You mean you have? Extraterrestrial TV. <laughs> exactly, Michael. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, no, but I don't have Sky or any of those things that regular folk have. I'm kind of mm. fairly restricted. So I can watch anything faster than most people. But when it comes to something that's on RTE, yeah. like the Irish Indigenous channels, mm-hmm. I struggle. Yeah. <laughs> which is ironic, given yeah. my location, I suppose. Yeah. So you didn't catch but, uh, the hurling no. at the weekend? Sorry? So you didn't catch the hurling at the weekend? <laughs> I missed the hurling. I had a good go at trying to find it, but it was on Sky Sports or something, was it? Um, or was that the football? And that was Donegal and no, um, football. Dublin. Yeah. Yeah. The tried to find that game on Saturday. I couldn't do it. So, what's everyone's favorite Olympic sport to watch? Um, beach volleyball. I was I was gonna say, could it be something that women aren't wearing bikinis for? But is it is it earnestly beach volleyball, or is it like naked ladies playing on the sand? Well, it, it depends where I am and the company I'm in. So if I'm alone in the house and I can close curtains, beach volleyball <laughs> oh all the way. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. so fucking creepy. <laughs> well, I, if I'm on my own, who am I creeping out? I score the same time they do. You're creeping out everybody <laughs> listening to this podcast <laughs> right now. I was actually talking to a person today whose friend's job in Sydney when the games were there was uh, attending, basically doing IT support of the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. At the beach volleyball tournament. Okay. <laughs> so he had to sit on the midway line uh, watching beach volleyball on Bondi Beach and get paid for it. Mm, must have been tough it, on him. It reminded me of a 1980s word. He's a rotter. <laughs> but uh, so in terms of competitive things, I like watching the boxing. I like watching the taekwondo. I can watch a little bit of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I especially like the diving. Do you find that the wrestling is grapple-tastic? Oh, yeah, it can be. <laughs> while, while, while it is very grapple-tastic, I, I find that... Uh, see, when the matches are even, I find them tough to watch mm-hmm. uh, because it's just an awful lot of jockeying for position. Like, But I, I like the lighter weights because they're really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the, way, the, the speed that they move and the power that they hit with, it's really good to watch. But I, I tend to get bored after a while. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, I can watch it in small doses. Uh, it's kind of the same with taekwondo, actually. With the, I think the boxing is one of the most exciting combat sports in the mm-hmm. in the Olympics. Yeah. Uh, did I hear that they're getting MMA into the Olympics? Uh, I don't, I don't know. know. There was a huge yeah. debate that I heard on the radio the other night. Did you hear it? No. I heard that the IMAC, the Irish Martial Arts Group, mm. Were, had sent in a letter basically saying MMA should be banned entirely and stop your clowning. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then they had a guy from Severe MMA on defending it. I have never pizza, heard of it. Was it Pizza Carol? Mm. I don't know. It was probably one of those guys. I, 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 or Andrew, maybe. Mm. Andrew's a good speaker. He would have sounded great. They both they all would have done a good job. Severe MMA is a great site, actually. If, you, if you're looking for martial arts, mixed martial arts news, you could do a hell of a lot worse than head over to severemma.com. They've got a lot of inside scoop on the Irish scene as well, which is obviously of interest to the world, given that Connor is from here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just laughed at that. Brendan Dowling is the head of Irmac. He does Aikido. <laughs> Sorry. Exactly, but that is exactly what I mean. He does yeah. fucking Aikido. Like. Mm. So does Stephen Seagal. 
But I was Don't just going to say, their poster boy <laughs> is Steven Seagal, who's only one step removed from worshipping Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, so, Jean-Claude uh, Van Damme is hard as fuck. <laughs> so someone you see him against Chong Lee. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody who thinks that Aikido is a real martial art thinks that mixed martial arts isn't. <clears throat> you know, mm. when you put it in that context, because that was what I did. I looked it up to try and mm. see what the deal was because it's been a long time since I cared who was on. Because years ago, in MMA's infancy, we tried to get MMA included in that. Mm-hmm. Like years ago, before anyone was calling for us to be regulated, we were trying to get regulation for ourselves because we knew, understood the importance of it. Mm-hmm. I say we. I'm obviously out of the MMA scene for a long time now, so I don't mean any uh, any arrogance um, in, in, in saying that I'm involved in it anymore. I'm not. But uh, back then I was, and we were interested, but they had absolutely no interest in us then, and they still don't now. Mm. Um, Mike, do you yeah, have, there do was you, big furor. There was. Mm. Um do you do you watch any Olympic sports, Mike? Generally not, because um, I mean, it's, I just see it all as fucking drugs and cheating, and you know. Do you know you're not the first person to say that to me? Who just say that like from all of the drug scandals recently, that they just kind of the the belief in the magic is gone. Yeah, it's just like oh, you won a gold medal, yeah, you must have a great chemist. You know, mm. it's kind of. Now, if I have to watch something, I'll watch boxing, wrestling, judo. And maybe the the weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, it's like pff, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even if the even if the boxers are juicing, at least they're battering the head off each other. <laughs> so, <laughs> you get so Such a big response. <laughs> <laughs> so so oh, the okay. losing guy is getting punished for his cheating. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but the, the track and field and all that stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I love is the gymnastics? I think mm. it's because I used to do competitive gymnastics. And yeah. so I, I have a slight um, empathy for the difficulty that goes into oh. some of those things. And I used to train with somebody who was kind of um, at Olympic trials level. Mm-hmm. And it was insane, the stuff that she had to do. Like, uh-huh. I mean, it was she could sprain her ankle and have to be back at training, you know, within a few days. Uh-huh. It, it like it's not about looking after your body and becoming like this supreme athlete. It's just mm-hmm. like torturing your body okay. into yeah. submission, really. And that like for a lot of women, because of the training that begins so young, mm-hmm. um, apparently the rate at which they're exercising and how constant it is, mm-hmm. it often delays puberty, which is why you see that like so so many of the female gymnasts mm-hmm. are just so small in stature because their bodies just don't develop properly because they're <laughs> training like crazy through, Jesus. I don't know, an important time. But um, yeah. I love watching it. I, um, oh, the power yeah. that's involved. And geez, did you see your man's injury? Oh, the French fella. Yeah. Oh. I haven't seen it yet. Have you seen it, I haven't it, seen it yet either, no. Have you heard? Uh, yeah, I've heard that he, he broke his leg, was it? He broke he his leg. He did an I Anderson think. Silva on it. Yeah, was like, oh, oh a, fla- a flopping lower uh, leg. Oh, yeah. oh, nothing worse. Nothing worse. Yeah. Apparently it just snapped in two. Oh, yeah, I haven't seen it anyways, mm, but... Yeah, there's some injuries you can't unsee. You know, it's just... <laughs> Do you remember Sid Justice or Sid Vicious? He started in the WWF. And he was Sid Vicious later in his career. Do you remember him? Big, tall, blonde guy. Massively strong fella. No, mm-hmm. no, I don't remember. A big power wrestler. One of his moves was he used to jump from the top rope and then he would kick the guy mm. and land on one leg. And this guy's close on 300 pounds. Mm-hmm. So he did it one day and his leg broke. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the look of confusion on his face when his ankle was flopping in his boot. <laughs> oh, God. It was just terrible. Jesus. And obviously the Anderson Silva. Mm. 
Who's Anderson Silva? What's this reference? The former middleweight champion of the UFC. By I'd say he's probably the most dominant champion the UFC has seen so far. And he lost his title and uh, to Chris Weidman. It was a huge upset at the time. But Anderson had gotten so cocky at that stage, he was dropping his hands and sticking out his chin and going, come on, hit me if you can. And your man could. Yeah. <laughs> and knocked him out. And then the rematch... I think probably a lot of people thought, well, Silva's going to come in here now and he's not going to fool around. He's going to destroy him and get the job done. And then Chris did a fairly aggressive check on a leg kick and uh, broke Anderson's shin. Mm. Oh. It just wrapped around the other guy's leg. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. He's back fighting, though. Mm. Although every time he does a leg kick, I wince on his yeah. behalf. Yeah. Like, how would you ever kick anyone with that again? Mm. Do you not just be afraid? Like, well, they say it grows back stronger, but I don't know. I wouldn't trust it. Or would you? I, that doesn't sound though. like logic to me. Yeah, How yeah. can it grow back stronger? I don't know. Ask some doctor type dude about that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so my kid is back from Canada. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. Oh, Canada! <laughs> <laughs> I spent a bit of quality time with him at the weekend. Quality time where he's still on. Uh, Does he have a predilection for maple syrup now? Not it's noticeable. normal, that's fine. Is he saying please and sorry and excuse me excessively? Also he, normal. He uh, Does he have a Tim Hortons t-shirt? There's, there's, there's <laughs> is he ordering double doubles? There's three things he's learned from his time in Canada. The first is he's learned to walk. He's Aww. Not Aww. Oh, you have a toddler the, now. The, I do. The second Aww. is he learned the word no and its meaning. <laughs> Very powerful <laughs> lesson. Oh, I tell you. Game the, over, the last thing, The last thing he learned was that when he goes to bed at nine o'clock our time, that's actually just a nap if you're on Canada time. <laughs> so on Saturday night, I put the wee man to bed at nine o'clock and an hour and a half later, he was like, hello. <laughs> How's isn't it going, dad? Isn't it dinner time, eh? <laughs> and uh, took till three in the morning. To talk him into going to sleep. Oh, oh God. I've never dealt with baby jet lag like that before. I'm afraid to take Celeste back home because of the jet yeah. lag. Well, the good news is I had some suffering on Saturday, a lot of pain and misery and misfortune for all of us on Sunday. Mm-hmm. But he's fine now. Oh, good. He was, it just took two or three days of graft and he was fine. I thought you were going to say two or three days in the wardrobe, but... <laughs> <laughs> Well, they have to learn somehow, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Did me <He's> no very, <laughs> harm. It's very funny. Like, if you ask him a question and he's in bad form, he says no, even when he doesn't mean it. <laughs> so I was like, I had his mug filled with milk, which is like his favorite thing, going, do you want a drink? And he goes, no. And then he took the mug off me. <laughs> Aggressively. <laughs> yeah. So we're in for, a, in for a rough ride with him, I'm sure. Uh. Did anybody watch any TV apart from the Olympics that we all seem to have barely watched? Well, Mark, because there was a downside to being sick, and that is, you know, spending 12 hours with your head in the toilet puking. But the mm. upside to being sick is that the following day, if you are a parent of a one-year-old baby and you are too sick to look after the baby, you call your other half and you say, this is your problem today. I'm in bed all day with Netflix and I'm sorry, I just can't do anything else. And so you stay <laughs> in bed all day and binge watch Stranger Things. So that was how I spent Sunday of last week. Very good. Um, you watched the whole season. By the way, I was I did not spend the day buying my eleven month and three week and a half old baby her birthday present, um, and instead gave her nothing for her first birthday <laughs> because I was sick. But I did watch Stranger Things. Oh. Have you seen the full season? I have. 
And is it good all the way through? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. I wasn't sure if it would be too scary, but it kind of had that like kitschy 80s scariness about it, even though it was mm. scary because anything about kids nowadays, I'm just like, don't hurt them. Remind me again, which one was Stranger Things? Stranger Things Hatchet is the... Face. There we go. Hatchet Face. Hatchet it's face. stars oh, Winona Ryder. It's yeah. new. It's yeah. just out on Netflix, but it's, it's kind of based watch, in the 80s. Mike. Yeah, I remember Mark talking about Hatchet Face and... Yeah, it's worth a watch. It's a bunch of kids. It's a bunch of kids that kind of has like an ET throwback feel with Renona Ryder being the mom of a boy that's gone missing, Mm. and then there's a parallel universe involved, and like a monster that kind of reminds me of the monster from um, Pan's Labyrinth. Okay, God, I remember when Renona was a talented young actress rising through the ranks. (laughs) To to be fair, she's very good in this, despite her dropping score. She's down around the sixes, I'm afraid to say. And in this, the way she's dressed, she's about a five tops. So I thought Stranger Things was really good. <laughs> um, I watched loads of it. Um, and I also watched something else that you guys reviewed last. Oh, yeah, Mr. Robot, because it's on mm-hmm. TV here now. Mm-hmm. So I've seen the first three episodes. Um, and I think it's really, I think it's my favorite show on television right now. I look Very forward. Show, yeah. I look forward every week to it coming on. Although I have to say episode three was its weakest so far. It was the one that was just focusing on his um, withdrawal, and I just thought it was kind of boring. It didn't have the same kind of zest mm. that the first two have, but I'm hoping next week we'll get back to form. He's a kind of peculiar-looking fella, isn't he? He is, he's but, like, yeah. it's perfectly suited for the character he's playing. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I never really took much notice of him when he was in um, Twilight, because mm-hmm. he's one of the vampires, which is how I would know him. I'm sure he has <laughs> yeah. loads of other characters. Oh, I should have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Oh, he's brilliant. And I think the writing is great. And it's a really introspective type of show um, that requires really good writing um, and believable acting from a guy who can, like, how do you, how do you act a guy who is numb to the world? Like, how does that require good acting? But he he still manages to emote, even though his character is kind of more or less numb. Mm -hmm. And I love the kind of breaks in that veneer where you see how much he's struggling with his mental health. It's such a good show. It's just, it's it's like the hackers for current day. Yeah. I don't know if kids nowadays watch the movie Hackers, but I remember like when I was a teenager, it was just like, this is amazing. Although last week I was laughing when I was listening back to your episode, all you tech nerds laughing about like, was it the SQL joke? In- it was SQL to corrupt his database. <laughs> <laughs> and you were all wondering if like to normies, if, if that was like going to break anyone's immersion. That, I would not have batted an eyelid at that line. I would have been like, oh yeah, use the SQL. That's a good idea. <laughs> Somebody break out the SQL. <laughs> For God's sake, does anyone have SQL on them? Somebody polish off the SQL. Yeah. So there we go. That's, that's the limit of my technical. So maybe that's why I'm impressed by Mr. Robot and was also impressed by hackers in the day. But uh, there you have it. If I ever catch up on my incredible size backlog of TV, iRobot is definitely top of the list of things to get into. Can anyone help me remember Wait, the name of this iRobot. show? The Will Smith, Sorry. Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. I thought you said you were watching it. No, no, I watched the first episode for this very podcast and said at the time that I'm definitely going to watch more and then didn't have the time. Oh, it's so uh, good, It's Mark. up to season two, isn't it? It got renewed. Has it? That's good. Yeah. Season three has a release date, I believe. Is it oh. oh, great. Season two is on, I think. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I'm not, I'm not watching it. So mm-hmm. I'm well, guessing. season one is definitely worth a go, Mark. Yeah. I think, I don't know. I don't know if you'd like know, it. I'll start, no, I'll start at, at, at episode one and watch that again and yeah. go through. Because yeah. I had no problems with it. Like, it wasn't even one of those that I said, ah, oh, it's good, but I, I was, you know, I was all about that show and then just never got around to it. Guys, what was the name of the show last year where the girl appears in Times Square covered in tattoos with no memory? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
Was she in a trunk or something or in a yeah, bag she was in or a suitcase or something yeah, like that? Yeah. I don't God, think I watched I can't that. remember. Yeah. Well, the second season of that is coming out. Okay. <laughs> and that's another one of those on my TV backlog, yeah, right? That yeah. I must get to. Oh. But speaking of backlog, I finally got to watch San Andreas at the weekend. Oh, what did that, you think? That was a long time coming. I never got to I see know, that. I know, yeah, I know. Um, well, see, I at the moment... Is I'm it good so, rock, rockiness? It's it's very rocky, yeah. Mm-hmm. And at, at the moment, I, I I can't see... I love the rock so much, I don't think you mm-hmm. can do any wrong in my I know, eyes. I'm kind of the same. Yeah. He, so, he, uh, he has completely um, besotted me. Yeah, me too, like. <laughs> so, uh, I enjoyed it. It's very cheesy. It's, but I think that's kind of good for the kind of movie it is. It's just like you want to sink your yeah. teeth into some cheddar. Mm. Well, it's a, it's a disaster movie, you know, and it stars The Rock. And yeah. you have to go in there what expecting What else do you want? Yeah. And, uh, like, and it reminded me a little bit, because of like he was in a helicopter and they were trying to catch people who were falling and stuff at the start. It reminded me of Cliffhanger, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite films of all time. You and every boy I know. <laughs> that's such a great film. Yeah. Up there with Bloodsport. <laughs> and, and, and the Princess Bride. And <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the standout scene in that movie for me was when they when they get to the top of the big wave coming into San oh, Francisco. That's, that's just so <laughs> ridiculous. So brilliant. Um, and then I had, I, my, I had my kid up at that stage. He was delighting in watching people being drowned and hurled around <laughs> the place by water. I just kept going, bat, bat. <laughs> I mean, yes, that's what it is, Avery. A giant bat coming to wash everybody and relax them before their bedtime. <laughs> no more tears. How about you, Mike? What did you watch? You watch I, I was just going to say, Mark, that's um, that's much better parenting than me today. I had um, that show, the new Channel 4 show, Naked Attraction, on. Have either of you seen this? Mm-hmm. It's like completely full frontal, naked mm. kind of dating show, I suppose. Mm. So out of a morbid I'm curiosity. I'm you even had to ask. That of course, of course. Yeah. Mike and I, I think we have the same kind of similar taste in like shitty reality this? TV shows. This is a reality TV show featuring mm. naked people who are on dates. It's just basically yeah. somebody is there to go on a date and they are clothed and there are five people of the gender of their choice behind in these like basically telephone booths. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you start... The doors kind of lift up and they lift up to basically kind of the belly button. So it's just Mm -hmm. kind of full frontal. And then they kind of pick apart what they like about the different specimens in front of them. Mm -hmm. Then they eliminate someone. I'm misunderstanding this. Like, are they like checking for things like length and girth? Yeah. (laughs) It is like just full on shallow. I like that one. I don't like that one. That's no, kind of my much, style. Too much labia. Can't handle yeah, that. That is literally the comments people are making. You are shitting me. And then the door lifts again after the first elimination. You get to see their chest and their, mm. their torso. More judgments are made. Another person's eliminated. Mm. And then the door comes up and you get to see their face. And one more person's eliminated. Mm. And then the person looking for the date goes away and takes off their clothes and comes back. And then they ask like the remaining three people a question so they can hear the accent. And I think it's basically a way for them to weed out foreign people. I don't know why else they have them. To- <laughs> One person today was saying that they didn't like Northerners. So anyway, so they each could say a few sentences. And then the he final two. them all to say, you know nothing, John Snow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, it's, it's new dating show mm-hmm. of like completely naked people. Mm-hmm. So that was on in the background before my daughter went to bed tonight. So it was just- <laughs> imagine, if, imagine if you were eliminated. At the first stage, yeah. like, you'd be there going, there's something wrong with my cock. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, the, it's not like I can put makeup on it. In tonight's show, the first guy was can, eliminated can because because he was ginge and the, and the woman said that she just didn't like ginge pubes. So that well, was that was number one eliminated. 
You can fix that. Yeah. Well, they're they're very unsightly in, in your teeth, you know. Oh dear. Sorry. <laughs> Dear. Mike knows from experience. Let's go on to what Mike was watching this week. Jeez, it couldn't be any worse than that. We've established that he watched that also. So. <laughs> I, 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 I was actually afraid to bring that one up. but uh, <laughs> uh, The other one I caught up with because it had been mentioned recently was um, Love, Lust or Run. Oh, yeah, Mike, I could hug you. <laughs> yeah, Snog, um, Mary, Avoid US. Yeah, I was, I was a huge fan of Snog, Mary, Avoid. Um, What's your woman... Tracy, Stacy, what did she used to be the host of? It was a TLC makeover show. Can you remember the name? No, I can't. I know I know her from somewhere. Anyways, yeah. I'm going to uh, Google it. Go yeah. on. And uh, yeah, I was I had high hopes for it, but I was really disappointed. It's quite sentimental, isn't it? It's very sentimental. It's yeah. very touchy-feely. Yeah. Um, and they've taken away some of the, the quirkiness mm-hmm. that made the, the UK version so good. You know, a, they don't have pod. I know. Um, who was a, this disembodied voice in the the original series that would just tell people how bad they looked? It was <laughs> basically just them. a robot yeah. being like, "You yeah. look crazy," yeah, and then yeah. they give the person's look a stupid name, and then yeah. they just like hit a button, and then the screen changes, and they're made over. Poof. It's like instant makeover. <laughs> yeah, but now yeah. you have to be like, "What's your yeah. sob story?" Yeah. Oh, you don't like yourself? Tell me more. Yeah, yeah. They need John Cena co-hosting. Yeah. Is what they need. Yeah. Where, whereas in the original, like. Uh, almost always the person reverted to type after their makeover. Yes. You know, they'd follow up with them six months later. It's like, ah, come on. You're, you're back in the bank. That's it. <laughs> that was what was good about the UK one. You're yeah, right. Yeah. Because yeah. they'd have like a makeover and they're like, mm-hmm. well, now I feel professional and I mm-hmm. feel like my, my boyfriend will accept me more and I'll get further in the corporate environment. And then six months later, they're like, I don't know. Yeah. nipple rings and purple hair and they're just like it wasn't me I felt constrained I didn't feel comfortable <laughs> but I, that said I still watch the um, Snog Mary Void US it's one of those shows like when I have to get up with the baby at 6am and I've got an hour I'm feeding her and I've got an hour of kind of playtime in front of the TV before I give her breakfast after her bottle and uh, it's one of those shows that's recorded that I can just kind of mindlessly watch in the background also, I watch a show called Garden Rescue. It's on at 6.45 a.m. Uh, Mark, have you ever like downloaded really stupid TV shows because you need to watch something at stupid o'clock? Well, I did download a TV show because it was called Letter Kenny, mm-hmm. which, of course, is where I live. Yes. But within moments, I realized that it was a soap opera set in a small southern town in America. <laughs> was it called I- Letter Kenny? Yeah, it was called that. Okay, yeah. I said, no, this is, this is not for me. This is the problem with so many towns in the U.S. being the same name as the towns right. that they're based on, I guess. <laughs> I know that I watched something else I wanted to talk to you. Oh, I'm catching up on a couple of shows. I'm nearly caught up on Daredevil at last. Oh, good. What are you thinking? Man, I love that show. It's so love good, it. isn't it? Yeah. And doesn't Matt just look hotter when he's not wearing clothes or his glasses? Yes, he does. He, he does. is doing yes, a lot of. Yes. It's just like don't detract from the abs, you know. <laughs> let's just let's just call it what it is. His his abs make me hate him a little bit, to be honest. He's really deep cuts, but he, they he had a scar comparison scene mm-hmm. with Electra, mm-hmm. which I thought was biased a bit too unfairly towards him being unclothed. Right. Which is one of my problems with this show is it's fine for they lads some, to get their boobs out. But, they have some very sexy you know, scenes, those two. I have to, yeah, well, maybe I haven't seen them yet. But anyway, aside from Have the, you seen the, the boxing ring scene? No, I don't think so. 
Was it a flashback? Uh, yes. Yeah, I have seen it. Yeah, yeah. No, they, they, they seem to know how what parts fit together all right. <laughs> <laughs> They'd be, be, be brilliant at building jigsaws. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm catching great. up on that and I'm catching up on a, um, another Netflix show. Well, it's not really Netflix. Gotham. Mm-hmm. I never watched that. It's Gotham season three is coming out soon and I really need to get into it. I need, I need to catch up because this season two in Gotham is focusing all on the villains. Mm-hmm. And it's good. It's really good. I just need to, I just need to work through it, catch up. Uh-huh. So, because um, there's quite a lot of episodes. It's one of those 22 episode shows. Mm. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's good and I, I would recommend it. Mm. Um, speaking of Gotham and supervillains, why don't we talk about the first of our movies, Suicide Squad? Dun, dun, dun. Who wants to give me a synopsis of that? Sean, did you see this? I didn't. So I would like to hear a synopsis of this. <laughs> I want to hear Michael. all about this movie. I'm your audience. Go review. Mm. Right, Mike, what did you think? What's, what's it about, first of all, for those that are living under a rock and haven't seen it? Okay. Uh, this is very much so in the cartoon movie universe. Um, and if you haven't been watching all the Marvel and DC stuff that's been coming in waves over the last 10 years, you might be at a, a bit of a disadvantage. Okay. Because uh, it basically starts at the end of Batman vs. Superman. Oh, so if I haven't seen Batman vs. Superman, yeah. don't watch this. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, basically, uh, the government are really worried about the powers of metahumans. And the the philosophical question that they have to bear in mind is, what if a Superman arrived on the planet who wasn't a good guy, like Clark Kent? Hmm. It's similar pla- uh, powers, but he just wants to... The anti-hero. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And they, re- they realize that their military just wouldn't have a chance in that situation so they hatch a plan to gather together um metahumans i believe they call them that's such a great term yeah who have various powers one way or the other um and try and harness them to be under the control of the government to take on threats of that ilk and that's basically it let me guess the plan goes awry (laughs) what? <laughs> Chaos ensues. Who would have thought they're putting a whole load of psychologically damaged, powered individuals together on a team could possibly go awry? Well, how how yeah. how would how does it come to be? Unless this is a, a mm-hmm. plot spoiler, mm-hmm. that these metahumans that they try to gather to control to combat an mm-hmm. evil superpower. Mm-hmm happen to be psychologically damaged people who I assume are the okay. contents of a suicide squad? Um, well, if you kind of grow up with a superpower, it's probably usually quite hard to fit in. Okay. So Naturally you, antisocial? Well, not so much antisocial, but maybe rejected by those around you because they either fear you or envy you. Mm-hmm. And then, of course... Automatically transmute into some psycho nut job <laughs> who happens to have a superpower. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah. They did a pretty good job of giving us a whistle stop tour through people's backgrounds. Um, so we had an idea who they were. They didn't do origins, with the exception, I think, of Hardy Quinn. But um, they tended, they did just, they gave you a couple scenes to show this is what this person was like as a supervillain. And mm. in some cases, here's how he was caught. And DC very cleverly used that to gather momentum for its upcoming 
um, movies. So we had, we had cameos galore from people who are going to have their own superhero movies soon. Well, that, that was part of my problem with this movie. Was Mike has a problem, shocker, on his little bicycle. <laughs> it wasn't just a whistle-stop tour. A good first third of the movie is the backstory of, you know, we're putting the band back together. Suicide <laughs> yeah. Squad Assemble. Yeah. Um, you know, they probably gave 10 minutes to each character to to backstory them and then we could start start the real story wasn't it good though it was entertaining but i was always aware that you guys are you're dicking me over like here you know where's the fucking story (laughs) that's that's a technical term for wasting time yeah (laughs) does does it give things away to tell me who who was in the suicide squad yeah so will smith is the lead will smith he plays Deadshot, yeah. Huh, okay. Are you you haven't heard about this at all, Shona, no? I I do not know anything about the Suicide Squad. I know that obviously it's a movie that's out and I think um Jared Leto is a bad joker from what I've heard, I think. And I've heard you mention Harley Quinn a few times, but I I don't know anything about the Suicide Squad. Yeah, well Harley Quinn, played by Margot Robbie, is the Joker's girlfriend. Okay. Um She's brilliant. Well, I suppose I should just rattle down through them here. Do. Um, Jared Leto, as you mentioned, is the Joker. Cara Delevingne, mm-hmm. if that's how you pronounce her name, is the Enchantress. Mm-hmm. Jai Courtney is Captain Boomerang. Uh, Joel Kinnaman plays Agent... Agent Riggs, is it? I can't think of what his name was. He was... Um, oh, we know him from uh, that kidnapped... Or that murder girl one. What's the murder girl from? Guilty? No, ages ago. Mm. It was um, it was a better make of a Swedish one. Murder Girl me- remake show. <laughs> it's close. It's something like that. The Killing. Um, the Killing, that's the one. Murder Girl remake show. <laughs> um, You're such a sad bastard. <laughs> Karen, Karen Fukuhara uh, plays some samurai chick. Killer Croc is played by Adewale Akinoya Abaga Agbaje. Well done. Nicely done. <laughs> Steve, are you listening to this? Are you listening? You can't even pronounce Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Jay Hernandez plays the fire guy. Uh, Adam Beach plays the climby guy. Um, I think, is, that, is that all of them? <laughs> That's most of them that matter anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I thought that it was really good, seeing as nobody's asking. Oh, it's important to mention Viola Davis, mm-hmm. who plays Amanda Waller, Amanda Waller, who is the brains behind the Suicide Squad plan, essentially. Like the government and side of the plan. Yep. Exactly, yeah. We know her from How to Get Away with Murder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And generally being awesome. She's pretty awesome, yeah. She's awesome in this too. She mm-hmm. plays a really hard-nosed... Mm-hmm. Machiavellian government agent mm-hmm. um, she's extremely ruthless and mm-hmm. uh, it's good um, mm-hmm. at times I thought she, she was heading towards a bit cavalier rather than ruthless mm-hmm. but I think I think she, she tread the line pretty well mm-hmm. um, unlike Mike I liked the backstory where they fed us who these guys were because some of them I know like having read comics and played a lot of video games, mm-hmm. I knew a lot of them and haven't watched the other DC TV shows where some of these guys appeared, although acted by different people. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with a lot of them. Um, but I, I liked what they did. 
Um, my main problem, I think, with the Suicide Squad was Cara Delevingne, mm-hmm. who plays the sorceress. Mm. Um, so every time she opened her mouth in the second half of the film, I wanted to just cover my ears because is she a bad actress she I, I don't think she's a bad actress but i don't know what they were trying to do with her character but it wasn't working for me she was a magician and she was doing ridiculous cavorting to mm-hmm. use her powers like mm-hmm. she was doing salsa essentially mm-hmm. to getting jiggy magic with it. Well, it just looks getting silly. jiggy with it <laughs> but it just looks silly mm-hmm. and she had a kind of a, an otherworldly accented voice Mm -hmm. that was just annoying to be honest Hmm. and then she would say stuff and i go why are you Mm. bothering with this this is ridiculous and she she ruined a lot of the final act of that Mm. film for me Mm. i thought the suicide squad themselves um were really good Mm. and um murdered girl film joel kinnaman was really good as well Mm. um so between viola davis joel kinnaman and Will Smith, I thought they had a really great core. So what they're doing along is, with is this... Will is Will Smith the, good as a baddie? Sorry? Is Will Smith good as a baddie? Well, this is where you have to suspend disbelief, right? Mm. Because all of these guys are killers and a little bit crazy, mm. but none of them act like that once they're in the Suicide Squad. They all yeah. pretty much act like members of the A-team. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I knew this was going to happen going in, so I, had, I was ready to, to mm. suspend my disbelief. So Deadshot's character... Um, has motivations for wanting things to go well. Mm. But you can see that he's very much a team player and they all kind of act that way, mm-hmm. even though they're supposed to be completely right. self for, for, for strident individuals, they work very well together, don't they? <laughs> yeah, like, that, that wasn't especially believable. But, you know, it's a team of supervillains. Mm. So if you're going in to watch a film about that, you have to be able to suspend disbelief that villains can form a team. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the subtexts to this movie was the establishment of Jared Leto's Joker. Mm-hmm. And I guess Margot Robbie, who at times appeared like the lead to me, mm. um, was really important in that. I, I think she more or less was the lead. Do you think so? Yeah. It seemed to me to be about Deadshot. It, it, was, it was lining up to me like that. But as the movie wore on, I, I, I thought Harlequin basically took over. Um, yeah, like her, she, her, she started off as a peripheral character. But, you know, by the time you get to the, the say, the, the two-thirds mark, she's more or less the go-to person in, in the movie. You know, that's who the camera is tracking. Yeah, no, I, I thought she was really good anyway. Like, it was deservedly so. You would have hated one aspect about it, possibly Shona, in that she, as an outfit, she chose very short shorts mm-hmm. that just did not fit her bum at all. Like, not not just short shorts, but like halfway between short shorts and a tongue. <laughs> yeah, so bum cheek ha- short shorts. Yeah. And every time they had decided to change locations, the camera tracked behind her to watch mm-hmm. her walk away. Yeah. Right right in the center of the screen. Every time. It's one of these like I hate to see a go see you go, but I love to watch you leave. Yeah. Um, um so that was very gratuitous. Yeah. Um yeah. actually I hate to admit it, but I thought it was over the top. Wow. No, it, it was, yeah. It was wow. ridiculous. But sure, we're, we're, t- we're bringing it up because it was ridiculous. Mm. Like, there is no need for us. Yeah. And, and what, I am, wait, I just need a moment. <laughs> to just like, I just. 
You realize if this was last week and you weren't on the podcast, we wouldn't be saying any of this. Of course. I think you all just feel guilty for last week. We'd, we'd, we'd have been marking our ass out of 10. And <laughs> I just need... I think we should still do that. I just, yeah, yeah. Mark, don't undo it. Just give me this moment. Just give me this moment. I feel like I finally succeeded and I can now quit Is It a Bicycle because I've reformed you guys. And, and the only reason I say that is because very recently in the village there was a, um, a kids' disco. Mm-hmm. In, the village of Oran Moor, Mike. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there was an awful lot of kids sort of between 11 and 14 mm-hmm. heading to the to said disco mm-hmm. and basically dressed like hookers. I, I, I see them when I drive through town and it's just like, I, do you have mothers that you go shit. out like <laughs> It seems to be the dress code for, for the kids. And, and I just thought to myself watching this movie. I guarantee you in six or eight weeks, there'll be another one of these discos and the kids will be wearing that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, um, very sad. It, well, it's, it's kind of overly early sexualization of what are basically kids. Yeah. You know, an 11 year old kid wearing an outfit like that. It's, it's all kinds of wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, I'm glad to hear that you're the one making this point, Mike. Yeah. I mean, good on you. You know, I've no problem, you know, if they're sexualized after they get to secondary school, for example. Oh. <laughs> he was too good to last, show. Oh, Mike, you were doing so well. Oh, that's... Oh. No, but, see, I, I like... <laughs> but I, the, sorry, I, I just couldn't resist, resist the cheap shot. And I know you don't even mean it, but still. Okay, sorry, Mike. I like when... Um, I was going to say exploitation of women, but let's just say nudity <laughs> or sex scenes is in a movie as part of the story and further in the story, right? Yeah. But focusing on a girl's bum when she walks away doesn't do anything for anybody other than remind you that this now is going to keep you on a semi until the next scene, <laughs> you know? And that, and that it just, it's too obvious and it's, it's too, just too blatant. And it, it kind of, you just kind of go, come on. like. Is it kind of like know? in Dirty Dancing, when Baby and Johnny finally sleep together and then the next morning he gets out of bed and you see his bum. I remember being, yeah. being I don't know, early teenager and just seeing that movie and being like, that's Patrick Swayze's bum. <laughs> and me and my friend Katie used to watch that movie every day after school because you got to see Patrick Swayze's bum. Just on rewind. Loop. <laughs> I mean, maybe yeah. it was gratuitous, but I think it really added to the story. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's move on from the bum scene. Anyway. Yeah, sorry. Mike, what Keep do you think about Jared Leto's Joker? Um, yes. to begin with, I didn't like it, but as the movie wore on, I, I kind of got into it. I, I was buying what he was selling as, as, as such. Um, is it really over the top, kind of along the same vein as we would have seen Joker has done in the past? No. And that's why I liked him. Huh. Um, because Joker would be one of my least favorite Batman-y type villainies. Yeah. Because I don't like them. He's even, even Heath Ledger's. Even Heath Ledger's, I thought, was over uh, just too much. Um, not a believable character. Um, we'll debate that? that again, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I can, I know, like the, the hardcore fans want the Joker to be as jokery as possible, but I kind of liked the the toned down version. Um, now he did have a little, cra- a few like, crazy scenes. Like, oh, I'm the Joker, um, but. Uh, they they brought a, a purpose into him that uh, had 
I hadn't previously really thought of in terms of the Joker. You know, he's he's very directed and focused, whereas in uh, you know previous iterations of Joker, he's he's kind of madcap all over the place. You don't know what the fuck he's going to do next. Mm-hmm. This guy's quite single-minded. Okay, um, see that's that's kind of selling me more on it because the Joker, mm-hmm. I'd be like you, I wouldn't be a crazy fan of the character. Yeah, yeah. But maybe one that's more focused in his evil. Yeah, <laughs> well, I, I, less I, crazy, more part, evil. Yeah. For my part, I still think Heath Ledger is the best incarnation of the Joker mm-hmm. that that I've ever seen. Um, and nobody likes change. So when Jared Leto came on the screen initially, I was like, "You're so not Heath Ledger, man." Yeah. <laughs> you can try, but uh, what I got from Jared's portrayal is, I've never had the Joker seem so dangerous. Mm-hmm. He was he was terrifying, in fact. Mm. And there's a really good scene in a bar where he's talking to a guy that reminded me of. The Whitey Bulger scene, you know that movie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where they're all sitting around the table and he decides to to, to tease a guy basically and make him make him afraid. Mm-hmm. There was a scene that was very like that, but the Joker was doing it just by his pure unpredictability. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really good. I thought they nailed the Harley Quinn Joker dynamic that I remember mm-hmm. from the comics pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um but that's not it's not necessarily like they don't need to do to do homage to the comics for me to like the character mm-hmm. i liked i liked it on its, its own merit i think that jared leto just went right i'm crazy now let's just strike out from there mm-hmm. and the purpose that you're alluding to mike fits in with all that pretty well too it it, it, it seemed like a cohesive yet nuts yeah. <laughs> in, in his own bullshit logic it didn't yeah. make sense but, but yeah. he just so dangerous like he, he was he's a really scary joker like mm. now Heath Ledger's joker was was intimidating to be sure but I think Jared Leto's nearly on a new level really I thought Heath Ledger's was really scary I'll never forget yeah. that scene with the razors and the smile and it just like it still makes me shudder and I just can't watch joker stuff <laughs> one night uh, came home crazier than usual that, that, that one. Oh yeah why so serious that's the scene yeah, yeah. and you would say that Jared Leto's Joker is scarier than that Joker that's I think scary so. wow. I think so yeah and it did, um, not, uh, sorry I was just going to say it surprised me while watching it how uh, how much of a role he had like when when he first shows up I thought oh there's a cameo for the Joker to sell some other movie but he's he's in it quite a bit you know he's he's by no means a main character but uh, he's certainly a big part of the plot, and and you know repeated uh, incursions into the the main hmm. story. Yeah. What's the movie rated? Is it R? Uh, I would expect so. Um, no, it's PG thirteen. PG thirteen. Yeah. Okay, so it's not and that it's not that scary in terms of its violence yeah. or. Well, that was why I brought up the point about the Margot Robbie thing, right? Because there are going to be girls of that age watching 13 it. Thirteen-year-old people. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but uh, sorry, can I bring you back to um, what's her name? The, the the leader of the pack, the the woman that's running the program, Waller Viola yeah. Davis. Yeah, she she was very good, I thought, but mm. I was kind of a little bit ruined for me because uh, I don't know if did you guys ever watch uh, Warehouse Thirteen? No. no. There was a very similar character who was in charge of the warehouse. Mm-hmm. And in charge of the team and getting everything together or whatever. And if I had never seen that, I would have really enjoyed this performance. <laughs> <laughs> but I kept saying, that was really good, but not quite as good as the other one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Um, but I suppose that's my problem rather than her problem. <laughs> Which it's on I you, think so, yeah. I thought I thought she was really good. She yeah. she she was really good in that role. She was very effective. Mm-hmm. Um, the story itself, I wasn't a huge fan of. Mm. See. The problem is that they are spending, like Mike said, a lot of time on setup, which I enjoyed, and that means it's good. And they're spending a lot of time putting hooks into us for the films they have coming up. Mm-hmm. And then that means that you need to keep the basic plot for the movie simple, and they do very simple. Yeah. And uh, consequently, then the end of it just becomes kind of a power fest. Mm-hmm. Um but it wasn't all bad for that. It's just when you couple the Enchantress and just her general oddness, mm-hmm. and it well, not she came being across very, kind of heartless, didn't she? It was just it was just she wasn't very good. I thought it I, was like, breaking. Her character was breaking your immersion. Since you brought that up, I think it's a it's a theme that we can bring up in many podcasts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's not, no honestly, there's nothing worse than like just being taken out of a moment by something that just doesn't fit. Mm. Yeah, and I think yeah. I think you're probably right, Sean. Yeah. That that was a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. It might have worked, um, but I, I don't. I, she can't dance. <laughs> well, I don't know. She can move her hips up and down in yeah. a secure like method. Yeah. But it, no, I just, I just didn't like her. I, I didn't like it the way she was carrying on. I especially didn't like the dialogue that she had. Mm-hmm. So you'd have all this fairly back and forth, almost witty banter between the Suicide Squad and the soldiers and all the rest. Mm-hmm. Then you'd go to her and it'd be this ridiculously. Mm-hmm overly verbose bullshit mm. and subtitled and subtitled a lot of the time too oh, you really? know and it just wasn't any good and it detracted a lot now look at i i loved this film mm. i didn't just like it i loved it mm. but that that was a huge problem I, it's, you know you can't have perfect films maybe mm. maybe we need to ask for them right <laughs> but uh um, i certainly want one mm. but uh, it wasn't perfect and i think the problem's I might be harping on too much about given how much I enjoy this Yeah, film, I was going to say, we need to stop yeah. there, Mark, because mm-hmm. I was getting the impression that you didn't like this. So I need mm-hmm. to tell me, I need you to tell me now why you loved it. It's really cool. It's just exceptionally cool. Like there's some scenes with Deadshot and I was just going, oh man, <laughs> that's how you do superpowers. <laughs> like. And did you have expectations, um, I guess, having read the comics coming into the movie about things that you needed to see or have done properly? Yeah, but it wasn't that. Like, because, you know, Deadshot's a marksman, right? He doesn't miss. That's his thing, right? He's like Bullseye from the Marvel Universe. Right. Played by Colin Farrell in that great Daredevil movie. I'm the only person <laughs> in the world that loves. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, when you is, when in the comic it goes like Deadshot takes a shot, right? And then you see a couple of panels of it bouncing off things. And then it kills a guy and you realize that that was a really tough shot. Mm. But to actually see that done in a movie where it's like ding, 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 bang, and someone's dead. It's way more effective. Mm. Um, and they did a couple of scenes. I'm not going to spoil it because I really, I was wowed by them. Mm-hmm. They did a couple of scenes just to show how good he was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're, I, I'm going to re-watch, rewatch this film as soon as it hits Blu-ray, like just to, to relive those moments. Um they had the same problem with Killer Croc that in this film that they have with the Hulk in Avengers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You create this, you know, mindless beast, mm-hmm. but they can't be mindless beasts because you need them to like toe the party line. Right. I was going to say his diction, but uh. <laughs> yeah. But I uh, know the Killer Croc is, is smarter than the Hulk. I think the way the way he's written anyway, and I think they were they were true to that. But it's just, you know, when all of these guys were in prison, you couldn't go near them for fear of being killed. Mm. 
but they were busy saving each other a second they got out of prison mm. you know from the word go everyone was saving everyone else like <laughs> yeah, and it yeah. was it didn't seem self-serving but anyway um i'm digressing again so yeah it was just those really cool action shots that i liked um i liked will smith's portrayal of deadshot i, th- I think that's one of the, the the top things for me and then margot robbie's comedic eccentricity sprinkled mm. over the top just made it really enjoyable to watch that's great and mike what was your overall impression very confused because there's, there's things about this movie that I just fucking hate. Like, fundamentally, yeah. it's a shit movie. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of good to it, too. Right. Um, you wouldn't have read the comics. No, no. No, I have no background in that. But I have at least seen some of the movies they were referencing, so mm-hmm. I wasn't completely disarmed. Well, it's kind of it. interesting, though, I think, for the review from two yeah. different perspectives. Like, someone who would have read the comics and loves Marvel, yeah. and uh, someone who hasn't read the comics DC. and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, DC. I, see, I don't even fucking know anything. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, like, Deadshot, uh, I thought Will Smith did a good job in it, but the, I didn't like the writing in, in so much as... They keep coming back to his daughter. It's like always oh, about the fucking daughter. <laughs> there isn't a superhero that doesn't have a kid. They're doing it for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and and some some of his action scenes were really impressive. I really got into some of them. Um, they were uh, they were very memorable. Um, Margot Robbie. Um, I never liked Harley Quinn. I always thought she was a really paper thin character that was just tacked onto the Joker or whatever. Mm-hmm. And when the movie opens, that's pretty well what you get. Just a flimsy, hi, I'm pretty and I can kill people kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but in fairness to her, she she grabs the movie by the scruff of the net, neck and, and makes it her own. You know, she's... Impressive. She's got this comedic thing and this kind of wild dangerousness. And, you know, early on I thought... This is going to be the most annoying character I've watched, you know, for a long time. But somehow I came to accept her nutsiness, mm-hmm. which is quite an achievement. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she had her own particular, you know, it, everybody in the team has their own fighting style or whatever. Right. And hers was particularly primitive, which I kind of enjoyed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a major problem with the pacing. Um, okay. You know, you have these uh, massive uh, grand scale action scenes, you know, with everything going bang all over the place or whatever. And then a couple of times in the movie, it literally just comes to a grinding halt. There's for no reason. It's just like, let's have a little break. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they're just trying to keep your attention by kind of swiftly changing from one kind of pace to another and it's supposed to draw you in? Well, it looked like they kind of said, okay, this is action, 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 action. It's too much action for just one human to, to absorb. <laughs> but that's what they were doing. They were taking yeah. breaks, though. Like, you can't yeah. maintain that intensity and still enjoy it. So you have to no. get a rest pause in between. But the problem was that they're not... Non-sexually. They're not, they're not taking the break to advance the story. They're taking the break and using the time to give us more backstory like we didn't have enough in the first 40 minutes of the movie yeah that, but that is the problem with this film that i mentioned yeah. as well as the plot is way for 10 in this one mm-hmm. because they're doing too much other stuff mm. yeah they're setting um, too much groundwork but i was enjoying the groundwork see mm-hmm. some it, of this some of this might ask people what you want like when you look mm-hmm. in the abstract a film that doesn't have a good story of its own is a bad film mm-hmm. and that's where you're coming at it from yeah where i'm saying they were telling a story mm-hmm. 
which is the backstory of the Suicide Squad yeah. and the side stories of future movies. Uh-huh. And I thought they were good. Yeah. See, I was I was sitting there watching it and thinking, this would probably be a good TV series. You know, you could give hmm. each of them their own episode to catch you up and then gradually build it up into some big grand story arc by season by episode 25 or whatever but trying to fit the whole lot into what was it a two hour running time or something like that two hour ten minutes yeah it was it was too much to cram into into that time um now it's uh, it's so set up for a franchise of fucking yeah, 18 yeah, movies or whatever so i'm sure the sequel would actually be quite good mm-hmm. if they got somebody to write a story <laughs> um Hansel and Gretel, three little pigs, anything at all. <laughs> it sounds well, to me like maybe we're ready to market. Well, given that they've made over a million dollars a minute from this movie so far, yeah, yeah. I don't think they're doing that bad. It's taken a man. I wouldn't million. get out of bed for a million dollars a minute. <laughs> <laughs> One hundred forty-six million domestically. So let me see. It's it's taken over a quarter of a billion. When you add in worldwide, so it's it's a big film, wow. big film for DC. Um, yeah, I'm ready to market. For, I really enjoyed it. It has flaws. They're they're wide, as, as Mike has pointed out. But I I think that the stories they do tell, hmm. um, patch them up somewhat. So it's a seven for me. Okay. Yeah, this, you know, it has eightish as- aspects, but it also has fiveish aspects. Hmm. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna average out and cut the fraction and give it a seven. Okay. Well. So we actually agreed. <laughs> How did that happen? I, I love it when that happens. You get two different reviews, but then the same mark. <laughs> yeah, we're winding up in the same place for different reasons. So, well, that that's no harm. There's, you remember I mentioned, uh, was it last week? Or the week before we reviewed Star Trek Beyond. That was last mm-hmm. week. Yeah. Yeah. And I went to see it in IMAX 3D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, flash bastard, yeah. What I forgot to mention was, before the movie started, this guy arrived in beside me with the girl, and mm-hmm. I would guess it was a date. I don't know, mm-hmm. was it first date or mm-hmm. well down the track or whatever, but gets in, sits down, takes out a bottle of hand sanitizer. Oh, no. <laughs> does the whole scrubs thing with his hands and then asks her if she wants some. <laughs> she just goes no and I went, oh god if that is a first date he's ruined oh he's god. ruined everything he's so not getting into tonight <laughs> no but like you couldn't rely on a guy like that to slip his thumb somewhere no <laughs> definitely to be fair there wouldn't be enough hand sanitizer in all the world for him like, no yeah. and before she touched him he'd be like do you want some hand sanitizer <laughs> you just know it wouldn't work She's like, what, for my mouth? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so I thought I'd share that with you. I really enjoyed that. Mm. that I bet she didn't. Play. <laughs> Do you know what sucks? Last week, the agreement was um, because although Celeste was turning one and her birthday was on the Tuesday, we had her birthday party last Saturday. Mm-hmm. So my gift to myself was last Tuesday. I was going to be like, okay, it's her birthday. But my plan is to spend the Tuesday celebrating that I birthed a human out of my body. So I had a massage booked for myself and I was like, I'm going to the cinema. I was going to go see Star Trek. I was really excited because I love the first two Star Trek films. Fucking vomiting bug. So I've got to do none of those things. And I was hoping to have seen Star Trek by now. And I haven't. God damn it. I know. Mm. My life is one long, sad tale. (laughs) (laughs) 
Can you hear those? Tiny, so, I did. I did get to have cake those, on Saturday, though. So you know. Can you hear those tiny violins? <laughs> <laughs> so on TV this week, we watched Last Chance You, which is a Netflix offering. Sean, have you seen this one? I did, indeed. And what is it about? Give us, give us the whistle stop tour. So, Last Chance You is a new TV show on Netflix that's a documentary style of basically Friday Night Lights as a documentary, in my opinion. It follows um, a college fo- American football team um, for students who maybe would not be academic scholars and have uh, moved down from kind of wouldn't be applicable to Division One schools and are playing in um, a college team that has no money and you would think are going against the odds. And yet this new coach, uh, Buddy, comes and takes over the team, EMCC. And um, all of a sudden they're winning and the the show starts with stats that I think, you know, most colleges would be lucky if they have, you know, a few um, students who get considered or move on to NFL or whatever. But, you know, EMCC has like nine or something. They're crazy successful all they care about is winning and not making friends and so anyways it's a documentary that follows uh the coach the coaching staff and the players around as they try to navigate their studies and uh training and games yeah so it's like for kids that were brilliant at football but not good enough to get to a real university they go here to like learn Mm -hmm. stuff learn to read good learn to read good (laughs) so they can they can scrape into college and Go on to uh, the NFL, I guess. Mm-hmm. Interesting concept. Very clever. Very interesting. And I yeah. think it was really interesting. One of the kind of main people that we follow around in this first episode is a woman who calls herself, what is it, um, eligibility specialist. And she's basically handholding the players on the team to make sure that they are qualifying for a division one school the following year or two years later or whatever it is. So she's, you know, on the first day of classes, well, the day before the first day of classes, she's telling them all what their grades have to average out to. She's helped them pick their classes so that they have a handful of classes in which they're expected to get A's to balance out the classes in which they'll get C's. And we get to see one of these classes, and it's a typing class. It's literally a teacher at the front of the class telling them how to type in ellipses. It's like, hit the period button, hit the space bar button, hit the period button, and then the space, and then the period one more time, and that's an ellipses. So, I mean, these are the classes that they're expected to get A's in. That's, that's no... That is hard shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So she's telling them what their grades have to be. She's helped them choose their classes. On the first day, you see her walking around making sure that all the students get to class. She's reminding them to get notebooks and bring their pencils to class, even though it seems like fucking nobody bothered. (laughs) She's telling them, you know, I'll text you your class when I go check your schedule. So there's a lot of hand-holding. They they obviously need her. (laughs) Yeah. It seems like they would not write their name down if she didn't do yeah. anything for them. I found I found her really interesting mm-hmm. in this uh, episode. She was kind of a surrogate mum. Yeah. Exactly. I was just going to say yeah. she was mothering them. She was yeah. absolutely she was molly coddling them. Yeah. Um Yeah, so these are these are kids that would have been skipping class and not caring about their academia in the last place they would have gone to school at. Mm-hmm. And they try they obviously that didn't work out for them. So she's kind of saying right, you know that stuff you were doing that's not going to work. You're going to, it's going to happen again and trying to teach them life lessons mm-hmm. to uh, 
people who are ill-equipped to learn life's lessons any other way apart from the hard way, I think. I think that's funny that you say ill-equipped because we, we do get into some of the students' backstories in this first episode. And I mean, it is really grim stuff. These are people who are coming from disadvantaged backgrounds. Um, you know, one guy, he's such a happy-go-lucky guy, doesn't really have his shit together, but we learned that like both of his parents were killed when he was quite young. And um, like, Jesus, it's it's... They've, for some of them, I think getting to, to getting to college is, is is a huge deal, and you know some things that might seem. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to patronize them either. But they've come through a lot to get there. But they, they can't hear they, you. It's fine. They are certainly <laughs> <laughs> barely have their shit together. Yeah, it kind of. I, I was just sitting there watching this, thinking about how profoundly weird the American football system is. Like, why on earth do you need a college degree to play football? You know, if you contrast that with, say, the Premier League football in, in England, you know, Wayne Rooney was no fucking <laughs> academic. <laughs> and he's making hundreds of thousands of pounds a week. Yeah. Uh, nobody ever gave a shit whether he knew how to do, you know, no. <laughs> spelling or yeah. anything like that ellipses ellipses yeah yeah I, i'm sure he could bust out a mean ellipses if he put his mind to it <laughs> <laughs> but it is it's it's crazy i think i mean to answer your question i guess it's because to play on a college team you have the resources that the college teams have but then of course you need mm. to qualify you know to be attending mm. that college but mm. i remember a couple of years ago i spent christmas in texas because my husband has some family over there. Mm-hmm. So we went to some college football games. Mm-hmm. And it is insane the amount of money mm-hmm. that goes into these these games. Like they are filling stadiums and every single person in that stadium has has mm-hmm. merchandise that they're wearing. Like yeah. I wasn't allowed to go to the game unless I had, you know, like their hat and the the shirt, mm-hmm. go Longhorns. Yeah. Yeah. Um but these aren't just games. This is like oh. 100,000 people show up to these games. Yeah, it is <laughs> an industry. And it's yeah. crazy when you think that these students are all amateur and that they're not allowed no. to make money off no. of something that is clearly profitable to the yeah. school. Yeah. It's um, Like the attendance at the college games is actually bigger than NFL games. That doesn't surprise me. It's bananas. <laughs> it is Isn't insane. Isn't there a view that the, the college players are like playing for their school <coughs> so there's a bit of heart to it, whereas... The NFL appears more mercenary, isn't, it? isn't there? Some kind of a an overall like there's a bit of heart in the college games. There's probably it's like, an it's like to playing that, yeah. for your parish over here. Yeah, uh, like the. Um, I mean, from what I can see, I, I have the uh, ESPN here on the sports channels, and they do show the American college football quite a bit, um, which is amazing. Amazing. Could you imagine them showing? College hurling, <laughs> the Sigerson Cup on Sky Sports. Like you wouldn't, you wouldn't yeah. dream of it. You know, you, you basically have Mammy and Daddy and <laughs> and a couple of the cousins dragged along to cheer for you. <laughs> uh, it, it's just a different, totally different world. And it's I, a really professional oh, yeah. setup. Oh yeah, like the coaching staff and the training. There's video analysis. You have like there's a whole staff. You have you and your offensive coach and your defensive coach. You have the I don't know who else. What other managers did we see? Like, well, the same as you, or you have a kicking coach team, just yeah, not course. as many of them. Like you've got an offensive coach, defensive coach. You've got a quarterback coach, mm-hmm. um, you have the overall coach. Hey, did anyone else think that the overall coach looks like Stephen Avery? 
I don't know who Stephen Avery is. I was just going to say, I don't know. <laughs> making a Murderer, the the guy I that was on trial of Making a Murderer. Yeah, I made sure I never watched that again. Ditto. Yeah, I know what's wrong with you people. <laughs> How do you think that Last Chance You works as a documentary? I thought it was amazing. I was totally, I mean, I loved Friday Night Lights and I, I kind of like being taken into that world once it's being done well. I wouldn't be a huge sports person. I don't like watching a lot of sports on TV. So I think it's the mark of how well a show is done if I like to watch something for the story it's telling, like Friday Night Lights. And I would say that you know, Last Chance You is the same. I mean, the episode finished and I'm curious to know how they're going to do in the season, what's going to happen with the students. Um how they handle certain certain problems. So definitely did a good job of pulling me in, and I wouldn't really care about football. So I, th- I thought it was really good. What about you guys? Didn't really work for me, I have to say. No, how come? Um, I thought they spent too much time on the people and not enough on the sport. Right. Um, I think that's probably why I liked it because there was something, (laughs) there was the humanity of it and I wasn't just having to watch like sportsing happen. (laughs) I I mean, I I loved the way it opened. You know, you had the the Paris, Texas music and all this kind of stuff and they they showed small town America with, I think he said there was just one Coke machine in the town that worked, you know, and I thought, oh, oh, where did this come out? Because I I had no idea what this was when I switched it on. Mm -hmm. I just said it's on the list watch it um and I, I was quite taken aback then when i found out it was a documentary I was, same um but i was even more taken aback when i found out it was a series because it it kind of started off and i thought okay if this is you know an hour and a half of intense documentary making great mm-hmm. do i want to watch eight ten twelve episodes that's a really good point yeah um well, I absolutely do. I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> like, if you, what I thought worked in the way that they did, they built this documentary is that it follows the story progression, I guess you would call it, that an American football movie would, mm-hmm. only they do it in each episode. Mm-hmm. Backstory behind the guy we're supposed to care about, backstory behind the guy we're supposed to care about, drama on the field involving those mm-hmm. people. You know who wins, who loses. Gasp! You know, mm. and they. I th- I think they have a game in each episode, mm-hmm. so you're going to see that yeah. repeated each week with see, different players. Like, and I, it's I'm such a sucker for this stuff. See, that was the thing. It was such a low percentage of the drama on the field, like those bits where they showed lads doing absolutely incredible things. Mm-hmm. Incredible thought, things. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I wouldn't really watch American football that much. I, I watched the Super Bowl, maybe. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. And uh, you just had to admire the athleticism. It's just mm-hmm. incredible. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I just wasn't that interested in the human side. Mm. Uh, well, my guess is, Mike, I would say to you, if I, if I had made this TV show, I would mm-hmm. say... You know, you can go and watch American football any day. You can, I don't know, watch it on YouTube or stream it or do whatever. If you wanted to watch a game, just to watch the sport. Mm -hmm. But I think kind of the magic of making a show, a documentary about Mm -hmm. this team is Mm -hmm. that you're seeing the characters, you're seeing the context, so that when you get to the sport and you're Mm -hmm. seeing these achievements on the pitch, Mm -hmm. it's all that much more um, climactic because you're really, there's a lot of punch in those those scenes because Mm -hmm. you know who these 
who these athletes are and where they're coming from and that maybe it's their first game mm-hmm. and you you know you see their fear you see their uh, obstacles and mm-hmm. it just it means a lot more whereas if you just yeah. wanted to watch the sport i mean you could do that any day but yeah. they have to tell a story here and that's what i liked about it okay um yeah i mean on the positive side i really liked the the kind of exposé on how to build a winning team yeah i mean the mentality was quite quite an eye opener, you know. That there was no question that they were ever going to lose a game, and the way they got um, otherwise, you know, is it errant or aren't young men? Yeah. To toe the line, um, you know, when previously they'd been fuck ups and washouts mm-hmm. was quite quite amazing. You know, they just they obviously have a real gift with, you know, motivating difficult young people yeah. and getting them focused not just not just focused but lasered in <laughs> yeah like what did you think of the halftime speech it, it was great you know it was yeah. um it was a, a very powerful piece um so yeah it's it's it it has good aspects. It does. You know, does. I can't completely shit on it despite my first, <laughs> my first instincts. <laughs> Mark, tell us what you thought. Well, that scene at halftime reminded me, it, it brought me back to when I was 14 playing under 16 hurling for the first time in Karen Moore. And we had... And you were only 12. <laughs> I, no, no, I was terrible at hurling. I, was, I, I played very rarely at that age. It wasn't until I was 15 that no one else had to put me in. <laughs> but uh, when I was 14 I started training with the team so I was I was part of the squad or whatever mm. and we were being coached by Marty Killalay who was a Galway player for, for a while mm-hmm. very good uh, centre back um, very dangerous man on the field mm-hmm. but uh, he's very mild mannered very soft spoken very mild mannered wouldn't raise his voice very much we went out in our first game I don't think there was an awful lot of motivation in the team for the first half so um, they, one of the assistant coaches asked him, he said, do you want to uh, go into the dressing room at halftime or do you want to stay out on the pitch? And he said, no, we'll go in the dressing room. So we all landed into the dressing room and there was a table at the side where people put their kit and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he does is he smashes a hurl down across the table. Going, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> he said, I'm down here missing county, county training so that I can train you. And everyone's laughing at me to see you out there. <laughs> And he roaring at the top of his lungs, like I was like, "Oh my god, is he going to kill us? <laughs> is this how it ends?" <laughs> but by Jesus, it was a different team in the second half, and I kind of got the same thing from your man. It's like it is a combination of the angriest father figure you could ever meet, <laughs> coupled with the you know, "I'm not angry, I'm disappointed," mm-hmm. all rolled into one. Um, so I, I, I think Mike has nailed it that they definitely like because I was thinking about it from a, a team perspective, right? Every person they described is a guy that you would skip if you had options. Mm. Um, so you go, this guy, you know, he's okay, but he has issues, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. Like they've got this tremendous quarterback that they're they're going to work in and out of the squad. But, you know, sometimes his throws just go a bit scatty. Mm. Yeah. You know, pass. I go for the guy that throws right every time. Mm-hmm. And then you have this running back who's an amazing physical, physical specimen. He's just incredible. But he's hot-headed and his his emotions tend to get in the way of his performance. And you're going, well, skip. I'll just go for a running back With that's physically head. gifted and that's mm-hmm. it. You know, but these guys, they take all of them 
all of them refugees from their own personalities and mold them into a team. It's crazy. And they've mentioned a lot in this first episode how they're all there for themselves. That's yeah. all very individual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how are you going to make them play for a team when all they really want to do is get there, improve themselves so that they can leave and then do that. That's right. He says, yeah. he says um, none of these players want to be here. They're here because they have to. Mm-hmm. And I thought exactly. that was really poignant. Yeah. Uh, it's funny you should mention the the angry coach. <laughs> You're bringing me back to uh, uh, when the young lad we, he was playing under eleven football. There was an A team, a B team, and then there was the leftovers. So they decided to make a C team, and they had no coach for it. So I stepped up to become the coach of the C team. <laughs> so this was basically made up of kids who were not athletic at all. And were being forced to play football just because their parents said the kid has oh, to do no. some fucking sport. <laughs> and also kids that were talented, but, um, you know, had issues, personality issues. You know, they wouldn't fucking pass to somebody or whatever. And then the third group was kids who weren't politically connected. So <laughs> they weren't, you know, they weren't the nephew of the, the head team's coach or whatever. So you, you had a huge range of talent and attitude on the team. And uh, they were shite. <laughs> they really were shite. <laughs> and uh, imagine imagine their consternation when at our first training session I had them doing sprints. <laughs> and then learning how to kick a ball far. <laughs> But we got to our first match, um, and uh, it was it was one of those games where you're thinking, "Oh my god, we're going to lose eight nil," you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I started um, uh, what's the word in acting? Projecting my voice <laughs> to make sure that the kids on the field knew what they should be doing at a particular time. Oh, Mike, you were the father figure. <laughs> But I remember hearing one of the parents on from the other team uh, whispering to another parent loud enough that I could hear, their coach is a terribly angry man. <laughs> <laughs> they were not far off. <laughs> yeah, but I was good. We, we won one game that season. Hey, that was... <laughs> well done. That's a victory. <laughs> Pat yourself on the shoulder for that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> it's funny the way the sporting team experience can be universal too. Yeah. Like that. That's one of the strengths of um, the American football films though is because they're at least slightly familiar, it's very easy to get pulled in and just be completely immersed and yeah. be part of, I guess, I suppose a fan's need for that team to do well. Mm-hmm. Then you add on the different personalities that you're, you you know you care about that you empathise with, because like that guy you mentioned, the guy whose parents had died, mm-hmm. he didn't really have a lot going on, but he was strangely good at American football. Mm-hmm. You want him to do well, yeah. And, and he's such a character uh, too, isn't he? Yeah, he's so funny. <laughs> and then you you see him just being abused by the defensive coach, mm-hmm. going if we you know if they get a, a fifty yard rush, it's on you. It's not on me, it's on you, because you're doing this silly thing with your hands, which I didn't understand at all, not knowing the sport. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it it looked to me like he wanted him to be acting like he was a 14-year-old touching boobs for the first time. <laughs> Apparently that's how you stop people in American football, I don't know. <laughs> oh. 
But uh, and then he goes out on the pitch, and you're going, "Come on, just do well, you, mm-hmm. you wee idiot, do well." <laughs> um, so I think it's a really effective documentary. It, it certainly had me in the edge of my seat. I was shouting at the TV the same way as if I was watching really? a fight. Yeah, Aww. I was shouting, "Go out of bounds! Go out of bounds!" <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and then you had to great, look up what like, bounds meant. <laughs> no, but I, I know the sport of American football. I just I, I wouldn't know the niceties of like what the correct way to block somebody is or whatever. But I, I know the rules. Like, um, and how are you at grabbing boobs? <laughs> I, I know I know a bit about boobs as well. But um, although I'm starting to think that maybe my technique needs to change. If I really want, if I really want to block them, that is. Yeah, yeah. that's probably for another podcast, Mark. <laughs> I should really do one of those, you know. I've often thought that. There's more money in that too. Mm, yeah, for sure. But uh, no, I, I think this is a great idea for mm-hmm. a documentary. I think they found the the perfect place to film it. They have a cast of characters that are going to be infinitely interesting, I think. And there is guaranteed to be conflict because we're very early in the season now. Mm-hmm. Everyone is meeting each other. They're still a bit unsure. When these loose cannons start to let fly I think and there was a there was a flashback a flash forward at the start of the episode that alluded to that when we actually get up to that in real time I think it's going to be tremendous mm. I think the drama all the humanity is going to be <laughs> tremendous I'm really interested like there's there's one moment when they're interviewing I can't remember if it's the coach or if it's the journalist who's kind of being interviewed in order to give us you know the backstory and the context to a lot of these players and uh, but whoever it was was saying about I think it's your man the one that you're kind of rooting for, um, but is a bit of a mess up. He's he's a real player and kind of joker, um, off the pitch. But they're saying it might be the coach. He's as close to just excelling and like being in a position to get drafted as he is to everything falling apart and him just having to walk away. And I think. For me, that's the pull of this show. It's just like, is this team going to pull it together? Are they going to pull themselves together to get themselves into the position that they want to be in? You know, not only on the pitch, but also academically. Are they going to be able to manage to keep up these requirements that for some people might sound like they're they're fairly easy to reach? But I suppose if you're not academically minded, you know, not missing more than four classes and averaging, I get, I think it's a B average. So they, for every C they get, they have to get an A. Um, surely that can't be held up by all the players. So what happens to the dynamics of the team as maybe some of the players start dropping academically? Yeah. What happens if they're performing on the pitch, but then not in the class? So that's kind of, for me, where the buy-in's at. Like, I'm really excited to see that um, the team dynamics really start to emerge. And how nice. how does a coaching staff handle it when you've got a great player, but they're just like totally messing it up in the classroom? It's nice to see the future of young men balanced on a knife edge. <laughs> <laughs> I think that sums it up well, Mark. There's a certain <laughs> godlike power to watching this show. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah so, I think it's... Yeah, so you, you can play for the New York Jets or you can play for McDonald's. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the choice. That's kind know? of that's that's yeah. the point that they're at in their lives. Yeah. Did either of you watch Friday Night Lights? Are you guys fans? Yeah, yeah, I watched a couple of seasons of that. Yeah, I, there I wasn't enough football in that. There is a show with not enough football. Mm. You know, well, it, it's not necessarily about the football. I mean, it's about the football. It's about everything but the football. <laughs> it's a football yeah, show. Not, not enough. It's it's a soap opera with with football as a background. I guess so. Yeah, I would have liked football in the foreground. Actually, that's what actually led me away from it because I wanted like you know. Uh, 
we were Titans or remember the Titans or any yeah. given Sunday. Mm-hmm. I want that kind of feeling in each episode of Friday Night Lights. I right. wasn't getting it. Mm. Whereas I think you are in this now. I've only watched one episode, but I, I plan on watching more. I think, like you said, if they're going to make every episode about a game, I think it'll, every episode's going to have a high. Or do they lose? No, but like, I mean, it doesn't. the high doesn't have to come from winning, but there's going to what? be a... <laughs> Not necessarily. I haven't seen it. It's the taking part. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck? I think the um, the excitement of the game. I know. <laughs> You're beginning to regret that steep salary uh, now. You're paying me, aren't you? Yeah. Um, Still, at least we got rid of Steve. That was something. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Sean. I think I made my point. Okay. So, for me anyway, this is definitely thriller. I can't wait to watch the next episode, to be honest. Yeah, if I had had more time tonight, I think I would I would have watched the second episode as well. So I'll give this a thriller. What about you, Mike? Dare I ask? Sorry, guys. It just didn't work for me. Um, as I said, I probably would have enjoyed this as, you know, an hour and a half documentary. Um, but there's not a chance I'll watch another episode. So okay. it's filler for me. Fair enough. And that's that. I thought we were in agreement tonight, Mike. Sorry, Mark. Don't worry, Mark. The, the official is it a bicycle stance on this show is is thriller. So yeah, you still right, win. You, you pathetic humans with your democracy <laughs> and our empathy, which was your problem with this show. It's funny. I don't give a shit about anyone apart from myself, and I just don't like this. Um. So I guess that leads us nicely into our preview section and we look at some trailers in Coming to a Bicycle near you. So the first of our trailers this week, actually before that, did anyone see the latest Purge trailer for election year? Oh yeah. Mm-mm. It's really good. Yeah. It was playing before Suicide Squad. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, it's it's made the story very clear now what's mm-hmm. going on. There's a senator who is the Rakasaurus from Lost. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, she she and her excellent cleavage wants to end the purge. <laughs> and then all the people who like purging are basically coming for her on mm-hmm. purge night. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's really good. The guy, the guy from the second Purge movie, which is also a good film. This, these, this franchise has been strangely consistent. You know, they've all been pretty good. Like, and strangely underrated. You yeah, know, people don't seem to love them. Yeah, yeah, like they're good movies. I've never seen them. They actually are. Like the first one, it was the concept. Mm. The the beauty of it was it was a fresh concept yeah. that everyone has thought about. Like you go, you'd love if there was no laws for a night. Yeah, yeah. Just oh, the crack, the crack we'd have. <laughs> yeah, as men, but you would uh, say that. As a woman, I would have to like find a cellar and barricade myself in. <laughs> no, but you'd have access to automatic weapons if you're in the mm. states. Like, yeah, being being uh, a female like, isn't really a disadvantage when you have a minigun. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But um, anyway, and in the second one, it added a human element. There was a story being told, a pretty good story, in fact. And now this one, they have a fresh story. And it's all, it's all, it seems to be cohesive. But anyway, speaking of underappreciated franchises, we looked at Resident Evil, the final chapter. What's the name of the main actor in this? Mila Hohovich. Ho, 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 Without being creepy, just <laughs> once, can you just say her name? Mila Hohovich. Hohovich, okay. 
It's not her name. You say it just once, though. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any of the Resident Evil films. Has anyone here seen them? Yes. What? Always. I haven't. Are they Every good? Every single one of them. Yeah. I think yeah. I touched myself to all of the Resident Evil movies. Yeah. Do you remember, uh, you know, Patrick Swayze's butt on loop? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's kind of the Resident Evil situation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um. They had some uses of cat suits earlier in the franchise's history. Mm. They've leaned away for that. They start putting her in things like combat gear and mm. red dresses more recently. Yeah. Kind of a Mad Max look this time, I think. Mm. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. Yeah. So this one seems to be set in a post-post-apocalyptic mm. earth. The zombies have wrecked the joint. And she is going back to where it all started in Raccoon mm. City. Yeah. So Resident Evil is a video game, obviously. Um, a Capcom video game, and it is. There's about four movies, Mike. Do you know how many movies has uh, been already? I think this is. I think this is number six. Yeah, it might be. There's a lot of them anyway. I yeah. think it was Resident Evil Four was part of this trailer that it was four. I could be wrong. I no, there's definitely more than four. Okay. There's more than four. I yeah. think, yeah. But sure, we could be wrong too. Um, what do you think about it, Sean? Are you looking forward to watching this? Not really. And I, I like a good post-apocalyptic war being fought by a kick-ass woman. Yeah, a strong um, female lead. Yeah, but it just... um, I don't know. There was something about it that didn't really capture me. It just seems like, you know, there's violence and kicking the bad guy's butt, but there doesn't seem to be any other type of plot in the movie to make it seem interesting. You know, normally for this kind of post-apocalyptic thing, you have a bit more backstory and kind of reason to care. Now, maybe they've done all that groundwork in the previous films and it's expected that at this point you're only getting return viewers. But mm. um, if you're going to get a new viewer like me to watch the movie, I'd need more than we're going to kill all those bad guys. So, yeah, nothing what really. About it's, what about it's going on the list, so you're going to watch it anyway? <laughs> <laughs> we shall uh, see. Well, there's the problem because the, the trailer is full of nods to the previous movies. Okay, yeah, well, there you um, go. So, like, time after time, he's like, oh, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. And they're going to do it again. It's like, <gasps> <laughs> Well, I'm glad to know that return viewers will be happy. Yeah. yeah. Um, they, they are literally returning to the roots. Um, okay. I, what I'm expecting is that they're going to remake the first movie, as it should have been. Oh, okay. Um, so, I am... You know, excited doesn't cover. Really, you're you're pumped for this. Oh, yeah! This is one of my all-time favorite franchises. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Um, Something Mike likes. That's right. And uh, so to to have you know, the last couple of ones were a little bit weak. They were mm. they kind were shaky of shaky enough for it. Was one of you going to mention? Yeah, yeah. And uh, this looks like a return to the basics. It's like what made the first movie fucking awesome. Okay. Let's do it again. Only a little bit different. <laughs> <laughs> Great. It is the sixth one, Michael. You were right. I was fact-checking okay. there while you Great. were talking. Mm. Wow. So what do you think, Mark? Um, I'm guardedly optimistic about it for most of the reasons Mike has mentioned. There's a new Resident Evil game coming out. They've released the first chapter. And it is going to be in VR and it's first person, which is a departure for the series. So... Ooh. 
I played a little bit of it, but I'll wait till the full game comes out and mm. I might even have some VR capability when it does come up, but it is going to be scary in VR. Mm, yeah. Like, there was, they've they've gone back to horror routes for this one as well. You're walking around a house mm-hmm. in the aftermath of whatever has happened to a film crew that was filming a haunted house reality TV show. Nice. <laughs> and uh, you're kind of piecing together what happened to them. Um, so far, I haven't met any nasties, but I'm sure it's only a matter mm-hmm. of time. I did make the mistake of lifting, um, what do you call those silver dishes they put over food? A couvert. Is it like a, a half sphere? Yes. Yeah. It literally means a cover. But right, in the, the cover so. we call them couvert. <laughs> I lifted a couvert off um, what was basically a pot of cockroaches that all scurried away Ooh. once I lifted it. I was going, man, if that had been VR, I would have swallowed my own tongue. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I think VR would sur- be sur- terrifying that way. Yeah, I think you could see a renaissance of survival horror when VR becomes mainstream. Yeah, I think so. It, it, it was born for it. <laughs> Mark, you finished the that other game, did you? The creeping around the house game that you were just waiting for bad things to happen. You'd never heard my review on this very podcast about that, about the Oh, the I, th- I thought that, I did hear it, but I thought that you were, I thought it was in WhatsApp and that you hadn't said it on the podcast, so never mind. Uh, it I, rang I a bell I, that you told us about it. Yeah, no, I, I mentioned it here, yeah, I mentioned it here that it was uh, very surprising. Gone Home was the game that Sean is referring to, that I heartily recommend it to everybody. It's actually a love story, a wonderful love story mm-hmm. that terrified me until I realized that there was no need to be afraid. Don't be afraid, it's just love. Which, accept it. Which is which is more or less the message Run, of, the, of the story. So. Brilliant anyway, brilliant. I shed many a tear over that game, I can Aww. tell you. Really? Are games actually that emotional that you would emote? Yeah, but it's the same as film. It's film except that you're you're more you're more of a part of it. You're deciding what happens in in a way. See game is Press X, press X, press X. <laughs> My my experience with games is like Mario on my Nintendo 64, so it's woefully out of date. That's a bit out of date, yeah. I they, would they, like they one day to play a, a proper grown-up game where I can see stories that are being told. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, you so should start that's with Resident Silent Evil. Hill. Hmm? You should start with Silent Hill. That's a really uplifting story. <laughs> it sounds uplifting. <laughs> oh, I really wish they'd done a better job with those movies, the Silent Hill movies. Hey! Back the fuck off, Mark. Look, Mike. That was I, a great fucking movie. It wasn't. Moving on to the next trailer. Okay. <laughs> All right, okay, okay. Uh, we, we'll, so, we'll come back to this. <laughs> so we have a couple of the TV show trailers. The first is Chance, starring uh, Hugh Laurie of House fame. Hmm. So who wants to talk about this one? Um, is this like the equalizer? <gasps> Only shit. Because <laughs> Hugh Laurie doesn't think something that's happened is just and it can't be that way and I'm going to do something about it but oh I'm getting punched in the face that wasn't nice he does have a face for punching though he does <laughs> yes he's quite talented in that regard you wouldn't get tired of hitting him like no no yeah uh, it, it you know, you do twenty minutes on one hand and then switch over, like, <laughs> <laughs> like if he, if he, especially when he talks in his natural annoying British accent, if he talked like house, you'd say, "Ah, oh, fair enough, Shkan. I'll leave you alone." <laughs> but yeah, what do you think? Is this going to be any good? No, I can't even remember what the trailer was about. It's of him just walking around, looking like he was trying to investigate stuff. Hmm. I didn't really get much more than that from the trailer. I think I don't remember more than that. Psychologist or something? Hmm. I don't know. Um. I think that thereby 
proves that it wasn't a good trailer. I don't think it was a great trailer. It didn't trailer, carry the story. trailer at yeah. selling whatever it was trying to sell. Yeah. Okay, so no love for chance on this TV show. What about no Marvel's... chance? Nicely done. What about Marvel's Luke Cage TV show coming on Netflix? So Luke Cage, we met in Jessica Jones, um, and he is he the barman? Yeah, yeah. Ah. Um, so now he's getting his own show. And we're getting a bit of his backstory, and it mm. looks pretty interesting. So I want to see in, it. Yeah, in, in Marvel's Jessica Jones, he had time, he diamond hard skin, and that wasn't all. <laughs> I wish we could just show your like cocky eyebrow right now. That was that was a perfect accent. Um, um, yeah, so I was a huge fan of Luke Cage. I think he went by the moniker Power Man. Did he back in in the early Marvel comics because it was Power Man and Iron Fist, and that became Luke Cage and Iron Fist when he dropped that. He became more oh. the Everyman, and he's one of very few African American mm-hmm. superheroes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So they were the heroes for hire. Actually, that was the was that the comic that they were in. They You're set up a the shop. Wrong audience here. <laughs> they set up a, sh- uh, a shop. Much I'll take like a Jessica. starter for ten. <laughs> they set up a shop much like Jessica Jones had, where they would you know help people for money. And mm. um, they were heroes for hire. But uh, it looks. I like it. I like the aspect of he's got this barber shop, which is the center of um, of uh, the community. And he is trying to defend the neighborhood. And then I think what the the moral of this series is going to be is Luke, bullets can't hurt you, but they can hurt yeah. this city or whatever it is. Yeah. So basically he's he's being he's gonna to have to worry about the people around him more than he does himself, basically, mm-hmm. in his in his fight against crime. What do you think, Mike? Do you love it? No, it's my problem with a lot of superheroes, Superman included, is that they're too powerful. There's never any threat. You're never worried about them. And it's kind of, yeah. Um, you know, I think that's where someone like Batman or Iron Man has an advantage because they are just ordinary humans. Like if somebody shoots Batman in the face, he's dead. Um, or if Iron Man gets caught with his trousers around his ankles, he's dead. Um, whereas, you know, the Hulk and Superman and Thor or whatever... You know, nothing's ever going to hurt them. <laughs> so, and Luke Cage seems to me another another one of this type of hero. Mm-hmm. So, I, I can't... He's just too impervious to being injured. Exactly, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so, that there's no risk. Mm. And that, that, for me, I can't see a, a story that will drag you into it because you can't... Well, how about this one, Mike? Try this one on for size. Mm. The man can wear a suit... Okay. Oh dear. <laughs> I also he also wore many a suit as LeBron James in The Good Wife. Uh-huh. And uh oh. he's still wearing a suit. We see we see him wearing a suit in oh. I thought he was wearing a hoodie. Yeah, but there's there's a there's a shot of him wearing a very smart suit and it's goddamn uh, he can wear a suit well. Okay. Yeah, I'll grant him that. You you might not have noticed the homage to the his power man days that I was referring to where he had like a metal um headband. And metal kind of gauntlets. No. no, I didn't notice that at all. Well, that was what he used to wear back in the day. Okay, cool. Mm. Will um, you so be looking I, uh, forward to watching this? I squeed a little bit when I saw that, yeah. <laughs> squeed. See, because it's part of like the Jessica Jones universe and the Daredevil universe, like it's such, I'm just so into those shows that I'm really hoping that this 
that this fits in well with that. I can't see it living up to the other two, to be honest, but I'm looking forward to watching it. Well, there's a there's another problem that sometimes happens with these. Do you know the way when Grey's Anatomy came out first, it was brilliant? Mm-hmm. And then no. Private Practice... Yeah, well, look at... Okay. <laughs> if you're into that kind of stuff, it was brilliant, mm-hmm. right? But Shonda would then gradually put her focus on the next new Shonda Rhimes show. Mm-hmm. And the ones she would leave behind would be worse. Faltered, yeah. Mm. And then Arrow was great when it came out first. Mm-hmm. And then The Flash came out and the good writers from Arrow were moved to Flash to get that off the ground. Mm-hmm. And Arrow faltered. So I'm starting to wonder how, how deep is the talent pool at the Marvel writing studio. Mm-hmm. Because they've got Daredevil again. Mm-hmm. They've got Jessica Jones coming back. And now mm-hmm. they have this. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we don't see a dip in the other shows. Well, off they, the back of this one being good. They, yeah. they, they've only got so many manatees to go around. Manatees? Is that more misogyny? <laughs> no, sorry. It's a South Park reference. Oh. Over my head. Mm-hmm. Google it. <laughs> I don't think, though, I couldn't see Luke Cage cannibalizing from Daredevil or Jessica Jones because I, I think when their universes intersect, he would only be a supporting character. I think of those superheroes, he wouldn't be the main superhero. I would see it more being Daredevil with Jessica Jones kind of the right-hand man and then, I don't know, Luke Cage for eye candy. (laughs) So I would hope that they wouldn't put all the good writers on Luke Cage, maybe to get the first season off the ground. But I I just really don't want Jessica Jones or Daredevil to to falter, basically, because they're such good TV, TV shows. It's hard to fault them at the moment. Yeah, well, we'll have to wait and see, I suppose. They're all coming at us fairly soon now. Mm-hmm. October, a lot of those things start Are coming they? back. Are they? Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I, th- I think it is. I don't have the exact schedule in front of me, but I think it's around then. Speaking of, do you know what I finally started watching was season four of The Americans. I love that show. Is any good? Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I'm on season four, but I think it's... I think... Did I read something that like season eight is where they're finishing and they're coming out with season six in America uh-huh. soon. I don't know. I'm pretty far oh, behind. That's a mega show. It's so good. Yeah. I really, I read a really interesting article that said a lot of critics say it's the best show on TV that nobody watches. Yeah. I love it's, it. I think, yeah, we watched it and we thought it was good, but it's one of those things you don't have time to get back to. I always find mm. time. <laughs> All right. Anyways, yeah. that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Okay, so I have to recant that. We're unlikely to see... Uh, Daredevil season three until 2018. <gasps> no. So I just did a quick Google and it reminded me that Luke Cage used to be partnered up with uh, Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. And he used the two of them used to be on a team called the Defenders mm-hmm. that also featured Daredevil. Mm-hmm. So there's a team up TV show in the offing. And Jessica Jones might not be back till 2018 as well. Well, I guess like Jessica Jones and Daredevil both had seasons out this year. But <coughs> I would have thought maybe 2017 we'd see something yeah. from them. I'm surprised to hear it's as late as 2018. Yeah, it's kind of unusual for a show that's renewed to skip a year. It's very unusual, yeah. Mm. I wonder if we hit the nail on the head talking about the depth of writing talent. Yeah. Manatees, man. I tell you. Um, oh, before we finish up, I totally forgot when we were at the segment. After the credits for Suicide Squad. Yeah, 
I didn't realise there was a scene and I stuck around then. Um, so, I don't know, are we allowed to talk about it? What's what's the deal? I think uh, at this point everyone knows that there's going to be after credits scenes. Yeah. But I would say don't go into too much detail for people who might yeah. think it's a spoiler. But Did, if you've seen Batman versus Superman, I don't think it'll be very surprising. Yeah. But they, they kind of teased mm-hmm. the Justice League movie, which is due mm-hmm. out next year. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it also, uh, you know, apart from the Joker being a big uh, part of that movie, it it's it's drawn it right into the Batman sort of world as well. Hmm. Uh, so, I think future movies it could well be hard to distinguish between Suicide Squad movies and Batman movies. Oh, yeah, wow. they did. The tie-ins were very good with Batman, all right, mm-hmm. and the Flash, the movie Flash, who's so different from the uh, TV show Flash. Yeah. Um, I think that'll be good as well. Ezra Miller plays him, I think. No, wait, is that the TV guy? Which guy is the film guy? Don't know. Who, sure, who knows? Wow. Um. Okay, so I think that's everything we're going to cover this week. I don't have any emails because I forgot to look at them. Um, oh, those of you who are sending emails, I'm really sorry that I haven't gotten around to reading them. But again, I'll, I'll try and dig out a few from the vaults for next week. So if you uh, do have an opinion, you want to... You know that. I know, I know, Mike. <laughs> if you have an opinion you want to share with us, if you want to criticise one of our opinions, we're always happy to hear it. Uh, I read them all. Please do send those mails and I'll, I'll try and get to them next week. Send them to podcast at isitabicycle.com. So from Mike, Mark and Shona, stay classy.